Sometimes it's good to just yell about football. What are you doing? Don't do this to me, Harry! The Ohio State! It's Ohio State! What do you mean, the? It's a poison! I almost stroked out and died over it. I'm glad to be at the party. I'm mad we're this late. You ain't a captain of nothing but a sinking ship! That helps the defense without them even doing a damn thing! 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 Doing a damn thing! In a calling line. 312-988-15. You tell Johnny all you've heard and seen. Oh, 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 Irish. Right. Welcome in. Welcome back. I can't even do my intro. <laughs> I'm struggling, you guys. Everybody around here is sick at varying degrees of sick. I don't feel horrible, but my voice is like anytime I try and pitch a high note at all, it, the voice is out. So I'm not going to be able to make all my noises and everything. I'm all stopped up. So I, I'm not asking for sympathy. Nobody cares about that. The content must go on. I'm just telling you, I can't hit my eye notes. And I don't know how long we're going to be able to go today. I am struggling, man. And it's not like, it's not like, oh, John, you, you caught this virus. No, it's just the weather. It went from <clears throat> really cold to really warm and then really cold again. And whenever that happens, I get all out of whack. So, uh, it's a struggle. Yeah, Irish baseball, a good little start to the season there. Drake Bowen looking at the highlights, him running around, good for them. That's a beautiful thing. We got it. Yeah, exactly, Ryan. Always sign us. Yeah, that'll be a good show. It'll just be me on a stream blowing my schnoz for three hours. That That's really good. That's really good. Uh, I got a couple phone calls. We're going to get into that. Um I'm in an interesting spot here. This Al Golden news, my reaction to it once it came out that he's coming back is not exactly what I expected. It was a little more than what I expected. And and I want to go over that and how we kind of ended up there. So uh, forgive me for the voice. Forgive me for pausing to go blow my nose. This is just, we're going to get through it, okay? So let's get into this. There's a couple chats I wanted to highlight. And uh, and then we'll get into this. So thanks, everybody, for being here. As always, you can find the program on YouTube. Do it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Appreciate it very much. Give the video a thumbs up. That helps Yanni Boy out as well. Notifications on. That way, you're alerted every time a new episode drops. Twitter, search for our Always Irish or at Always Irish Inc. Emails always irishnd at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want it, you can get it. Call in line 312-988-15. Dialed up. Tell Yanni all you've heard and seen. Instagram, Facebook, Always Irish Inc. USA Today, Fighting Irish Wire. Read all about it. Patreon.com, a slash Always Irish. Former Captain Mike Goolsby, leading tackler, by the way, and myself behind the paywall. Great interview with Owen Strebig last week. Big boy, a lot of talented upside, and I, I was genuinely impressed with the way the guy carries himself. 
I, I just, now that we've interviewed some of these recruits, Mike and I, and I've gotten to interact with them, they're on a different level. Like intellectually, they're on a different level. I was supremely, genuinely impressed with the way he thinks down the road and what he was looking at during recruiting and everything for, for a junior in high school, the maturity level there of these Notre Dame guys is at a different level. Um, and, and I'm impressed by that. So that was great. Thanks to everybody who's over there already. And as always, be sure to go over and click ndsubwayalumni.com. Proud to be partners with these guys. You know my affinity and love for all of the Notre Dame Subway alums all over the country. Notre Dame would not be what it is without this group in every city all over the United States, even the world. Okay, that Subway alumni group does a lot, a lot more Notre Dame ever realizes or tries to take care of. So this group is all about honoring them. Go get yourself a ski for the tailgate. Go get yourself a t-shirt. I like working with those guys. Phil says, we need a ski for the tailgate. Phil, come on, Phil. You don't think your boys already thought of that? You don't think your boys... <coughs> You don't think your boys already thought of that? Excuse me. I got a little excited there. Brett cranked up an extra cough. Not cough in. That's a different problem. I'm not there yet. <clears throat> but, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of all this stuff, okay? Uh, John, the doctor needs to pro provide <clears throat> prescribe you something. Yeah, I'm afraid what he's going to give me, the good doc. Take two shots of that. Take one shot of this. <laughs> and I don't mean with the, I mean, he means shot, shot. Like, drink your shot, I think. Oh, man. March 7th, the beginning of whoever asked that. March 7th, the beginning of uh, spring ball. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, man. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for spring ball. I'm ready to get into it. I just... God, seriously, can you guys stop with the vaccinations and the politics? Six minutes in on a Monday. Just knock it off. Both those topics. I'm not in the mood. I don't feel the best. Can we just not go there six minutes in on a Monday? With the two things that have been in the chat. Seriously, I'd rather listen to you guys say Freeman's no good. Unbelievable. All right. Yeah, Patron, that'll burn it, burn it right out of you. <laughs> oh, Patron, man, tequila, I just can't do tequila. I just can't do it. I There's something about it. I've never like barfed and, and uh, off it or anything. I just can't do it. I, I just, there's something about it, the way it's made. I don't even know what it is, but I just can't handle this stuff. Stay away from it. Oh, I just can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, boy. Let's see what we got on the chats. This ought to be interesting. Uh, Mark is excited about what was going on. So, of course, Sir Lucas. I don't see that happening with the QB who averages under 160 yards passing in his college career and has something like 25 TD plus an inexperienced O-line and no pass rush. I do admit I, I share some of those concerns. Um, 
Yeah, I do. Like I, I share, there are usually some little shreds of truth in some of the things Sir Lucas says, but then he extrapolates them times under to the extreme to try and one, prove a point and two, get me all mad. So a lot of times there are a shred of truth that I agree with in what he says, but it's always maximized to an extent that I disagree with. I share some of these concerns. That doesn't mean I don't feel like Notre Dame's trending in the right direction. Both of those could be true at the same time. Like I do share the passing game concern and the inexperienced O-line could sabotage any improvement we want out of the offense if they don't develop quick enough. That is a perfectly fair concern. It just is. So I, I kind of agree with that to a certain extent, but that doesn't mean that I don't see everything trending in a direction I like overall, even though I have those immediate concerns. Does that make sense? <clears throat> Sir Luke again, I see Andy landed another scrub receiver in the 25 class, loading up a way too many low-level three stars this early when there's no reason to. I don't know what the strategy is in doing that. I think it must be... This staff's really good at evaluating a lot better than the last few Notre Dame staffs. To me, it tells me that they see something in the kid where he's going to raise up his ranking Notre Dame's early on him and they're going to get him. Otherwise, this would I would not like this either. But that's where I give this staff a little more leeway. And I got a few messages about this. I got a few messages about this of people saying, normally I wouldn't like this, a three-star guy or whatever, but this staff evaluates so well, I'm going to give it a chance and not be negative about it. I understand that because this staff has proven they do a pretty good job evaluating and developing. Even You got to remember, 818-618 coming up. Notre Dame was really one of the first teams in on Keon Keeley. Before he blew up into a big five-star, everything Notre Dame was in on him. Bryce Young, same thing. Notre Dame in on him. Morrison, same thing. These guys are really good evaluators. So I think because they have proven they're good evaluators, I'm more willing to give it a chance with the three-star guy that isn't like ever all the top big boys are going after or whatever. I'm going to give that a, an extra chance. But... Would I rather have a five-star receiver than a three-star receiver? Yeah, I'm not an idiot. Everybody would. But I do think the way this staff has proven they evaluate well, I'm going to give it a chance. Now, here's one I got to disagree with from Luke. I try and be fair. Vernon Ford, the slew of linebackers, none have developed or even played besides Sneed. Why are the young defensive guys not developing or playing when that's freebie strength? Vernon was a true freshman last year. I don't know what you expect. Like, I know you want to be negative just to be negative and get me mad. Vernon was a true freshman. There are not that many true freshman defensive linemen that play their first year. Anywhere. Not just Notre Dame. Anywhere. That's a very rare thing. Also. 
they're changing his body. They didn't know whether he was going to be outside or moved in. And there was a little period of trying to figure out his role and the body type that's going to fit it. He's a guy that can put on or take off weight. Now they've decided they're going to bump him inside. So now he can bulk back up for more inside defensive line stuff and hopefully be in the mix next year. But I don't, he was a freshman. Those guys usually don't play anyways at D-line. So I don't think that's exactly fair to be like, why didn't he develop? They didn't even know where they were going to position him last year. So some of that you got to take with a grain of salt. All right, let's get on the positive train. Phil, good morning. About time the Irish spent money and locked up proven winners at OC and DC. That is uh, the basis of a lot of my stuff today. Um, It's a huge deal for stability, you guys. It's a huge stability move. And that helps everything. It helps recruiting. It just, it helps Freeman. It helps everything. That is my big feeling now that Golden's locked in and they each of these guys have four years on each side of the ball. Stability. And stability breeds consistency and that's how you that's how you work your way up. So you got both these guys you trust, one on each side of the ball, four years, they're not going anywhere, they're not trying to move into Notre Dame for a year, make a name of themselves and then go get a job somewhere else. They're not doing that. It's not about their ego. It's all about making Freeman look good and just going to work. These are footballiest, the footballiest football guys. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So that stability and having those overlapping deals for that long, it's a beautiful thing, man. Think about even just in recruiting at Alps. It's like, hey, do I want to commit for an offense coordinator? I don't even know if you're going to be here. What if you take another job at Alabama? Tommy, like, no, now these guys know these are going to be their coaches. It also, I've said this multiple times since all this news. You want to know how you support a young up-and-coming head coach trying to find his way? This is how. This is exactly the proper support a guy like that in that position needs. This dynamic with these guys you, you can trust on each side. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. This I just feel like this is a foundation of stability that can be built upon and you can't even measure its worth. Big, big deal. Phil likes the direction. Good morning, Pope John Kennedy. Sun chance, kid. I, I appreciate that. I don't think I'm qualified for that job. <clears throat> I don't quite think I have the temperament for it. And I definitely don't think I've lived the kind of life that would put me up for that honor. <laughs> but thank you for thinking so much of me. <laughs> oh, man. Phil, you like winning less than 10 games a year and not being in playoff contention. Makes sense. Notre Dame administration's fine with eight plus wins a year, too. I. Oh, boy. Sir Luke, you're on a mission. You're on a mission. Here's a good one from Ohio Pod. Sounds like Florida State and the ACC have started negotiations for their exit. Rest of the schools will be watching very closely. How does this affect ND? I don't know. Does anybody know what it, Ohio Podcast, thank for being here. What is in that contract between Notre Dame and the ACC about 
what is the language in there about what are Notre Dame's options if something major changes with the ACC? Did Jack retire and didn't think to put any verbiage in the contract about this before he retired or what? Like, I have no idea what the answer to this is. But I want to know what is the language in there? Where is that paragraph that says Notre Dame's in this ACC deal, but if the conference falls apart or the members leave or whatever, I want to know what Notre Dame's options are if things change at a, a fundamental level with that conference without having that contract in front of me, which none of us are going to get because it's Notre Dame. I have no idea. I have no idea, but there better be some sort of language in there that protects Notre Dame. If the Ace, if all the good teams in the ACC go to the Big Ten and the SEC, what is Notre Dame left playing Syracuse every week? There's got to be language in there that that allows Notre Dame to reevaluate where they're at if if the structure of the ACC changes from when the the deal was agreed upon. There better be, or we got a problem. We got a problem. John, I never did hear your opinion on the waste management tournament. Fun or too much? Way, way, way too much. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing what that has turned into. It started out fun. Um, I totally understand the marketing. Make this fun. Appeal to a younger crowd. Bring younger people into golf. Drink all day. Have a good time. Yell at the number 16. I get it all. I understood the theory of doing that, trying to pull in a new, lively, younger market into golf. It's gotten completely out of hand, and it's embarrassing. As a, a person who loves golf, old school golf, embarrassing for the sport. Really, really a bad look. Um, they lost complete control this year. Didn't even scan tickets. They got kind of bombarded with people just barreling through. They didn't even scan tickets. Ended up with like, a half million more people in there than had tickets, cut off alcohol sales. You had people diving drunk into sand traps, shirtless to embarrassing, 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 embarrassing. I looked at a statistic of the police calls for assistance in the tournament the last three years. It's like four times what it was three years ago. The calls to the police there to help with the situation at the tournament. Typical example of you give an inch, morons take five miles. You let them relax and have a little more fun and cut loose. And sure enough, the idiots come out. They can't control themselves. I saw people passed out laying everywhere. I saw multiple fights. Shooter McGavin, call me. I mean, this is golf, people. Completely embarrassing. It just, as a lover of true golf, really sickening. It turned my stomach to see those videos on Twitter. That is not golf. It was really, really embarrassing. And you need to rein that back. It's not even safe. You need to rein that back in. It was completely out of control and embarrassing if you love golf. That is way over the top. Way. A joke. Joke. Rodney, $2 Allard, the foundation has been set winning time. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Kind of what it feels like to me. Um, and so Dr. John, Liv is more embarrassed. I don't think I've ever watched a Liv tournament. 
to be honest, Dr. John, I've never watched a live tournament. Uh, yeah, Adam, are you the no fun police? I don't call fun getting so drunk you're fighting at a professional golf tournament. I don't call fun interrupting the play by running around on the old guys or play like, no, no. And you all know me. I like to have a good time. I like to have a good time. Uh, oh, John Daly. That's hilarious. Sounds like it was garbage. It's just getting out of control. I don't know what else to tell you guys. Uh, what else was I going to click on here? Man, I really don't know. I really don't know what will happen with that ACC thing. Let's see. There's got to be language in there that allows Notre Dame flexibility if something goes sideways with the conference. Otherwise, take back Jack's pension. I Like, that's irresponsible. There must be language that covers that. There's got to be. Uh, all right. I want to be able to get to the callers. Let's do that right away. My overall takeaway is... Let me blow my nose first. This is a rough start to the week, you guys. I'm sorry. Blame it on the alcohol. For sure it's the alcohol. Completely out of control. Completely out of control. Calm down. Oh. Oh, I'm struggling. My word, it's rough. All right, let's get get a, a couple callers going here. Um, I guess what it, what I wanted to say as we lead into that is, I was a little bit surprised by my own reaction to the L Golden News. I was not super worried that the extension wasn't publicly done, but I did have a little anxiety the longer it, it drew out and wasn't done. Then this news hits me and I instantly felt, here's what I instantly felt, stability, high level stability. High level stability that I trust on both sides of the ball. Something we have not had in the Freeman era yet, in my opinion. High level stability. And I, I think that's worth its weight in leprechaun gold, especially for where Notre Dame is at right now and where Freeman's at in his tenure. Like, this is exactly what a guy in Freeman's position needs. I honestly kind of wish you would add it before, a couple years ago, right? This kind of stability, but we had to work to get there. That's what I'm feeling. High-level stability that allows everyone to excel. It allows Freeman to be more of himself and do the things that he is best at without worrying to the same degree about the offense and the defense. High level stability. Can you name a better one-two punch at OC and DC for Notre Dame than these two guys right now? I'm genuinely asking. Like, I would be hard-pressed to handpick a better one-two punch at those two positions for where Notre Dame's at right now. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I love the structure. I love the dynamic. I love all of it. 
So I don't know. Uh-oh. Did I really, Dr. John? You must have started feeling bad yesterday. You forgot your medallion for the video. That tells you how out of it I was. That tells you how out of it I was. If I forgot the bling, that's inappropriate. All right, go to the phones. 818-618. You're coming up after that. What's going on, 818? Good morning, Rodney. Hello there, Johnny. Uh, Rodney, I'm telling you, man, um, I feel really good about the direction of all this now that Al Golden's locked in. It just feels like this is the kind of staff Freeman really needs to have proper support, get things going. And I'm, I'm, I love it. Great news. Yeah, it is great news. Um, and it goes, you know, I, I emailed, we emailed each other the other day, um, about just, you know, the foundation that's being set. I'm going to go through some teams. I'm going to talk about some pro teams here. Okay. But you look at the new England Patriots, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, several years and the Braves even for several years. Okay. That's baseball. You know, um, again, Patriots and football, um, you're seeing it now with the Kansas city chiefs. Um, and then you're seeing the antithesis of that with the Chicago bears. Okay. When, when you don't lay the foundation, all you care about is being cheap. Uh, maybe that's starting to change. Maybe it is, but John, and then you look at the Ohio States and college football, the Alabamas, the Florida States for all those years in the nineties and whatnot. Um, and uh, Miami for the few years they were up. Um, and then you look at again, when Notre Dame dipped, and it's, there's always one, there's always the common denominator you can always point to is when the higher ups stopped caring about winning or didn't care as much about winning. Okay. And unironically, in every one of those situations, the teams either because they did care went up and stayed there or they fell and stayed there with a couple exceptions, maybe where they had a good year here or there, or a team that failed had a, or a team that was good, had a bad year here or there. But you see my point. It's all about setting the foundation. We talked about the number one thing, you know, you, you mentioned it being, you know, the offensive side of the ball, but I said, no, no, it goes much deeper. The number one thing that Notre Dame needs to do, they got to get the higher ups back. You know, they have, to, and we were complaining about this last year when they didn't get the Ludwig hire. Yeah. I have seen such a dramatic improvement in one year, Me too. which probably was already, the, the foundation was probably already being laid the year before, but just it made the biggest leap this year. And that's why I said, man, Freeman seems to be when it comes to, I'm just saying when it comes to building a foundation within he's not even in his third year yet within two years, he has massively changed the foundation of Notre Dame football helped it. Okay. Helped it because he's got the ego to understand you succeed when you surround yourself with great people. And it seems like that's happening everywhere. I mean, he's getting, you know, there's been some misses on the coaching staff, but for the most part, he's bringing in those pieces, seeing how they, how the chemistry works and then going in and fitting in. If it's not, okay, let's take this guy, fit this guy in. We're going to see how Brown, you know, develops with the, uh, with the wide receivers, obviously going into this year. Um, but like, uh, Chad Bowen, um, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, now Bavaco remains to be seen, but it seems like an outside the box, modern thinking to, to have brought this guy on. Who's well, now, an NDC affiliate okay, now let whatnot. me ask this. <clears throat> you brought me yeah. into my next point. Let me ask this. When I look at some of the things getting done by Messines, paying big money for two of the best coordinators in the country and paying national money for him, not a Notre Dame discount, real money, 
when you look at that, when you look at them being soon to announce the Goog renovation, I know that had to be a work in progress. They're getting there. Um, I want to know what has led to this change and their willingness to do all this. Is it a going away present by Jack or is this Bavakwa coming in there, changing the way they think of getting more done? Where does Freeman fit in that with the politicking and the glad ending you got to do to be in good favor with the bean counters and the check writers? I just don't know what's behind all this, but I know that I love it. And I, I'm here for it. I hope this isn't all Jack on the way out. I hope it's a sign of what Bavak was going to be from now on. That's what I hope. Well, sure. That's what we all hope. Um, you know, and again, that remains to be seen. I still don't know much about the guy, but I'm assuming based on that hire that he's someone that is thinking forward and thinking ahead the way we're, we're doing right now. Right. Um, and I also think this is a testament to Freeman's ability to be <laughs> literally a genuine salesman. That's why I think he's going to succeed because he's a, I mean, you, you're seeing it. He's not just recruiting kids. He's recruiting coaches. He's recruiting the administration. He's recruiting the people that thought that we thought were untouchable. And I'm talking about the, 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 the wine and cheese crowd that he seems to be winning over, you know, I'm, and I, the, the people that put out the trustees, the board of trustees, the, uh, Everything feels like it's changing and it feels like it's changing fast. We have an extremely healthy NIL from everything I've been reading since it was kind of brought up. It, it does look like we are, we are in the mix. It's very, very healthy. Um, and I like the fact that it's, it, it feels more like you're earning your, you know, you're earning your NIL, you know, Sam Hartman. Yeah. You brought him into the fold, you know, without um, any, you know, whatever those numbers are that are true or not, you know, but, but what that did by bringing him in is it opened the door for Riley Leonard to come in, who I think is a perfect Notre Dame fit. I think he's perfect. Um, we'll see how it works out. You know, he's had some injuries, whatever, but boy, you got to feel good about Steve Angeli as a backup coach. I know I'm getting ahead of my, or getting away from the conversation. Okay. Offensive defensive coordinator. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if there's a better tandem, in college football, there's probably a couple that are just as good. Yeah, but, but also, I don't know if there's one but it, better. But it isn't, you know I mean? it isn't just about that. Like the guys on an island, just them. But when I connect it to where Notre Dame's at and where Freeman's at on this journey, that really brings it home. Like, like you could find other scenarios where mm -hmm. maybe you want a younger guy, creative thinker, but like for where Freeman and Notre Dame's at, I would be hard pressed to give you two better answers, one on each side of the ball. They've seen it yeah. all. They've been around. It's not about their ego. They're not looking for one good year and bouncing. They both understand, respect, and love Notre Dame. Every single thing about it, I really, really love. I really, really love. And, and now the here's, here's and, the and, thing. Here's the thing, Rodney. Yeah. I've wrote written about this all weekend and I've recorded about it all weekend. None of this guarantees Notre Dame high-level mm -hmm. success at a level more than what Kelly had and what we've seen with Freeman. None of this guarantees it. But what I've been saying is this kind of stability makes it possible that if you do the right things from here, higher-level results are, are available to you because of this structure and because of the competency of the people involved. If you manage things right, higher things are possible now. That's how I feel about it, man. I love the way this sets up. And for a guy 
who rips the administration every year because I don't feel like they help football enough. Mm -hmm. I got to give them credit on the, these couple hires. Good, good job. Given Mickens, they're boosting Mickens up. That's the other worry is if you got out for four years, you're going to lose Mickens because he's a hot up and comer, a great recruiter and a good developer. We don't want to lose him. Sounds like they're trying to keep that guy, bump him up, give him more responsibilities, job titles, pay him more to keep him around. That's the only negative I could find out of this would be if you lose Mickens because of it. And it seems like they're trying all they can to keep him happy and have a succession plan after that. You got to love the way this is shaping up. This is what we've always wanted from Notre Dame. What we complain they don't do. Go pay big money for top-end coordinators. Now you got one on each side. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we got We have seen it on the field to some degree, man. There was, an, there was a tangible improvement from year before to last year. That's why when you said the last two seasons have been rough, I thought that was a little harsh. They've been tough. I don't know that they've been rough. Rough is six and six, seven and five, you know, four and eight. <laughs> That's rough. You yeah. know, they've been, it's been tough. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that, but there's, you know, 10 wins last year, man. Okay. We got to that point. We now reached, you know, Freeman is improving as we go along. I know he keeps saying this, but his improvement, I think it's going to keep going up. Whether it goes from, from 10 and to now 13, or well, what would it be 15 and 0? Uh, 12, but no, 60 and 0 to win a national title. And John, this lead, this leads me to a point. This is going to, this is going to be fun. And then I'll let you go. Cause this is really all I got to say. The foundation's there, man. It's like, that's, what's really, my God, you talk about touching my heart. <laughs> you know, the fact that I'm seeing this happening, this is the thing that had to happen. Like you can get all the great coaches. You can get all the, can you keep them though? And if you don't have the, the, the approval of those above you and, I'm wondering, before I get to this scenario I want to throw at you, I'm wondering how much of it has been him winning over what was already there and how much of it has what was there being – has there been new hires? You know, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, other than Bavacqua, how many other of those higher-ups have changed and moved on and been replaced by other people? I don't know. Or is it literally he just won over this old regime of people and got them to think differently? I'm just curious. It's just an interesting uh, proposition. I'm going to throw this at you because you brought this scenario up and I wanted to touch on it. I forgot about it. You, uh, someone mentioning, hey, would you rather have, I think it was like a five or six year window of Notre Dame being 10 and two, whatever, nine and three, 11 and one, but no national titles or one national title, but then the rest of the years are nine and three, 10 and two. To me, that's okay. Yeah, that's an easy one. National title, right? However, let me throw this one at you because this is more nuanced. Would you rather be Ohio State from 2015, the year after they won the national title, to now? You know, that kind of success, Florida State success before they won the national title in a year they shouldn't have, <laughs> 93. Yeah. Um, so like a 10-15 year run where you're just always in the top five, always. Or one national title. But we're but then the rest of the years you're nine and three, eight and four, seven and five. Maybe there's a ten and two. That's a different argument than five, six years of ten and two, eleven and one, no national title, one national title, but you're maybe nine and three, ten and two. You see, that's too close. I'll take the national title. But a ten or fifteen year run, and here's why I think I would take that. Because the level of dominance that that gives you, the level of times where you're happy at the end of a football game. 
and how that improves your own life and makes you happy and improves your positivity. And maybe it helps you in, in life in general because now you get more of a positive attitude versus, yeah, you get that one great thing and you can always celebrate that. But then after that year, you're back down again. You're back down to kick it, throwing the bricks at the TV. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, man? It's like, it's just interesting. It's an interesting, personally, as much as I would want that national title, don't get me wrong. If it's if we're talking ten to fifteen year reign of just dominance, but you don't get that title, but then wait, 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 wait. I don't call yeah. that dominance. Then, if you're not getting a title anywhere in that run, even if it's eleven and one for fifteen years, I can't call that dominance when it doesn't end with the trophy. That's really, really but good. That's not dominance. I also can't call it dominance when you've won one time and for ten other years you're not because then people are going to say, "Oh, that was just the aberration. Just got lucky that year." See what I'm saying? Like I. Maybe it's not ultimate dominance where you're winning the, the final game. I'm just saying, if you got a 10 or 15 I want year the run title. when you are dogs. No, I need to be the best. But Rodney, okay, I need to be the enough, best. And I got to sign. You can at least see the argument, though, right? Can you can at least argument. see the argument, though, right? I can see the argument. But okay. when I walk downstairs to come down here and record, there's a big sign, and it has all the title years. It doesn't have nothing about yeah, really, really. Right. Like, I'm it. sorry, yeah. Rodney. I need. And the other part of this is, Let's be honest, Rodney. I'm too young to remember yeah. what it feels like for Notre Dame to I win know, a title. I know. And I, I got it. Probably very personal for yeah, you. I it get is. It. I and, get I, it. and I want to be honest with you that some of this is just like logical, but some of it is my personal like mission of my biggest one of my biggest dreams of my life is for me to experience that and to be here with all you guys for that moment so I could feel what that's like with our group of long-suffering Notre Dame fans. Like, I've never felt that, and that's, like, why I'm doing this is to feel that. And so I need but, the but, title. So I just, need the title. And you're saying – but wait, you're saying – But you're saying – You're saying you're going to have that pride of being really good all those years, and you're going to be happy. How am I going to be happy when every year it means we fell short? Right? Yeah. Like if we're not, even if you're 11 yeah, and you one go. or whatever, it means you're losing somewhere in the playoff and not reaching the ultimate goal. I'm not sure I'm going to feel great about that. That's like Kelly going 12 and 0, getting blown out in the playoff. Am I supposed to feel good about it because you went 12 and one? No, that one at the end well, ruined it but all. I'm, I'm saying, you know, it, it, look, there's still something difference between getting blown out in your final game against Clemson or Alabama, or you pick the team, Ohio State. And you're in that game and maybe you win one or two of those games, you know, in the last few years, but maybe you lose to someone else in the final game, but the ones where you're losing, you're losing by a last second field goal. That sucks too, but at least, you know, you're competing. I just, it's a different mentality, man. I'm not talking about Brian Kelly. I'm not talking about Brian Kelly years versus, you know, Lou Holtz years. I'm talking about a little more nuance there. I'm talking about a 10 or 15 year reign. I need a okay. title. But bottom line is what I think we're setting ourselves up for. This is what I think we can agree on. You said it yourself. We can't guarantee a national title. Too many things have to bounce in your direction. I think you got to have a lot. That's something Norway has not had a lot of in the last 30 years as well. Strangely enough, luck of the Irish. But what they are setting themselves up for is a, is a, at least five to 10 year run, you know, depending on what they do after that, a five to 10 year run where they are going to be relevant. And I mean, I'm talking, they should be in the playoffs every year and we'll, you know, we'll see how far they can get with this, but from what they're, I'm just saying for on paper, for what they're setting up and what we've seen so far on the field, uh, through Freeman's maturation as a coach and the staff, God, this golden thing is so good, man. I mean, four year extension. 
I think he's probably planning on coaching out his career at Notre Dame at this point. I yeah, think, man, sure, um, sure seems that way. In Denbrock, bringing Denbrock back for his third term, he can tell that guy loves Notre Dame, or he wouldn't come back here for his third stint. You know, he he yeah. knows what he's getting into. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this this progressive thinking on the strength and conditioning and the things with Loudon. Um, and it, anyway, John, I'll leave you at that, man. But I just think we are what we are doing, though, we are literally setting ourselves up for something way better than what we've been used to, regardless of how it finishes. We're setting ourselves up for, I think, a very good long run of success. Yeah. In football. Yep. Hey, man, I hope so. But I am seeing I am seeing some things change in ways I have been begging for forever. And some of them are buying the scene. Some of them seems like a small deal to a lot of people. I'm just noting that I'm seeing some modern change happen that I'm not used to. And that's a really good sign that, that, you know, if that's the takeaway from today's Monday uh, edition of this, that would be it. Notre Dame is changing things and they're impressing me with some of what they're doing. Doesn't guarantee any results or a level of results. Right. But it, it makes it possible to have higher level results. That's my takeaway, man. Uh, thanks for the call on a Monday. Love the energy as always. All right, buddy. You take care. Yeah. We'll see you have, soon. Oh, yeah. Have a good one. <clears throat> I listen. I need a title. I need a title. Like, I'm. you need to do this to be the best. Not to be really, really good a lot. I need to be the best. That's Notre Dame's thing. Uh, Notre Dame's not even like a conference team where you could be like, well, we got a divisional banner. There's no levels to this for us. There really isn't. Um, other than, you know, I'd like to see you win a, win a major bowl game this year. Could you, could you, how about this? Can we end up hosting a playoff game in late December at Notre Dame? And then we win that game and then we could knock off the big bowl failure thing next year and be done with that. I'm about done with that stat being shoved in my face every two minutes of my existence. Can we knock that out real quick? I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Manny, I see Freeman loading up the roster and ND firing him before he gets them to the promised land in a max exodus of high-end talent. How does that make any sense? I don't understand this. How does that make any sense? You think they're given the coordinators four-year deals and they're going to fire Freeman in between? And after two, I, I like I can't make that all time out together. I don't understand that. John, we need a video of the blue and gold tailgate. Feasible? Absolutely feasible. Yeah, I'm making plans for that. Absolutely. Yes. Um. Gilmore title talk is <clears throat> pretty premature. Freeman needs to get to BK level winning first. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to win 10, 11, 12 before you could get. Yeah, I mean, I know that. I know that. It's just, man, I'm telling you. One of the biggest things I cannot get an answer to 618 coming up on the line. One of the things I cannot understand at all, and no one has been able to explain it to me, I cannot understand why Kelly got a freebie from most of the fans for a very, very long time. 
just do whatever. This is as good as it could be. Whatever, you know, hey, whatever. It's hard to win. It's hard to recruit. Back off, Kelly's doing better than anybody since Lou. Like, don't ask for more. Accept whatever you get. People let Kelly literally not win anything. Ultimately, there is not one trophy in the case Brian Kelly brought. Not a major bowl win, nothing in the playoff, nothing I care about. He won nothing I care about. People let him skate with that forever. Now Freeman's in here and suddenly the bar is like raised a thousand percent and Freeman's got to be like perfect. I can't understand it. Everybody was tired of Kelly. Who do you think would know more, me or you? The guy who lived social media and was the first guy riding Kelly out of town five or six years ago or you? Who do you think has read more of those messages, me or you? The guy who's done this every single day for eight years and started when Kelly was screwing up in 2016 on this mission with this message. You think you have more information about those messages than I do? You're wrong. You're wrong. Brian Kelly not doing things right is why I started this show in 2016. And all I heard is, he's doing as good as anybody could at Notre Dame. Back off. Nothing's good enough. Pick a new team. If this isn't good enough, everybody was protecting Kelly. 2016, folks. Go look at it. I told you, nothing's going to change. Not going to get over the hump. Things change a little bit. Still not good enough to get over the hump. Not one trophy in over a decade that I care about or value. Not one. Not one. What do you mean? You don't value the camping world bowl? No, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, geez. Some people are saying they know what I'm saying, and some people are saying they don't. I don't know. I feel like some people, I don't know. It was, yeah, I get it. It was so bad because Kel, before Kelly got there. Yeah, I'm not saying Kelly didn't do anything good, but you got to admit he ultimately didn't win anything you care about at the same time. I value, I value the Camping World Trophy. Okay, there's nothing more prestigious than that tent, okay? <laughs> 618, good morning on a Monday. What's going on? What's up, man? What's up, John? Not much. Hey, good news over the weekend, locking in Al Golden. What do you think about all this? Notre Dame trending up or what? Yes, we definitely trending up, man. I'm happy that they started to pay these, these coordinators. Man, we... we Man, you you only as good as you know. What I'm saying your weakest link, and man, now we got to take care of McCullough, and we got to take care of 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 Mickens, Man, we got to make sure that we don't lose these guys. Um, I believe things are being worked on with both of those. McCullough got bumped up to associate head coach or whatever, and I understand they're going to do that for Mickens too, or do something. So they, I think they're trying to insulate against that i really do i i believe mccullough already got that and they're talking about doing it or doing it for mickens too so i think they're thinking exactly what you are man man we gotta we gotta get them hey 
that's good, man. Now, man, we we're ready, man. I mean, we're we're ready to compete for a national championship, man. I'm tired of all these SEC people keep talking about Deuce Knight, man. Deuce Knight is is I. He's a he's a he's a Notre Dame guy, man. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing about him is he haven't even entertained none of this stuff. Yeah, it's man. I just. I just feel like there's a foundation here now that has not existed to this level for a long time. And I don't know how that's going to translate, but I feel like there's a comfortable foundation here that you could build from. And it's just, it's got to help. I just can't calculate how, how much does that make sense? Yep. They do. I, I think we're ready, man. I think we're ready to go compete for this national championship. Possibly even win it. Hey, it's gotta be, you gotta start somewhere. So this year's a big year. Like, like I get it. The people that are saying, I will say the people that want to be harder on Freeman or whatever. Yeah. Each year that we go on, there's less and less excuses for the guy. The staff's all his DNA and the, t- the talent's turning over into Freeman's guys. Time to start winning more. I think it's perfectly fair to ramp up the expectations and the pressure on Freeman. I think that's totally fair. I'm not telling anybody not to do that. I think that's fair. But I see this thing building. Yeah, I like I it. Think we wind up. It's a possible, you know, we got to go 16 and 0, man. That's going to be tough. But the schedule is so, so, it's so favorable, man. There's a possibility we might end up undefeated in the regular season, man. I, I got us going undefeated. I got us going 12 and 0. I don't see. Anybody on there beating us? I mean, I think USC is going to be improved. I think that's probably going to be our toughest game of the season is USC. Oh, man. it's Here's here's my thing about the schedule. I love the spacing. The spacing seems much more favorable to me than last year where, like, it's spread. those The bigger games that you have circled, they're kind of spread out throughout the beginning and then a gap and then a middle and then a late middle and then a late, late. I just think it's all spread out in a different way that's more favorable. I like it. They can make some moves on this schedule, but it all starts week one. It all starts week one, and we all know it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a hey, hey that's a fact, man. I, but I, I mean, A and M is one of them schools that one of them teams that man, they they so overrated, man. That like every year they. They they're top twenty five every year, and then they lose the first three to four games that year, and then there it goes. It goes up in smoke. Yeah, it's man. I I don't want to. I I don't want to be like over dramatic because that's already my thing that I'm known for. But that week one, man, if Notre Dame gets that, I think they end up hosting Florida State November 9th undefeated. I genuinely mean yep. that. I think if they could get that win, I think they could go on a heater and you end up hosting Florida State November 9th. And I think Notre Dame's undefeated. But that week one is everything. If you want to talk about for Notre Dame to make the playoff, 11-1 and one is what it needs to be. Well, if you lose week one, then you have no flexibility for 11 more games. That's very, very tough. So it, you can't underestimate how big of a deal it is. Yeah, and... Another thing I wanted to talk about, like the Deuce Knight situation, man. A lot of these, all, all these old miss get people who really think that 
he's really, I mean, he's going to flip. I think he's not going to flip. He's still recruiting in the class. Yeah. I still see him on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it now. I still see him recruiting kids. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it's, he's still doing that. Very unique guy, unique relationship with Freeman. Um, he's playing Fortnite with the Notre Dame recruiting guys. Like he's, he's recruiting other guys on Twitter. I just saw a tweet over the weekend where he said all Landy or something like, I am seeing no red flag at all. That makes me worry about that. Could that change? Yes. But as we sit right now, I have not seen or heard anything like that. So I feel pretty good. Yeah. I think he, he's going to stay Irish and, and I think it's going to be a, a nice transition from maybe maybe Leonard to one of the one of the young guys, and then the young guys to Knight. Yeah, and then Knight bridge the gap to somebody else. Hey, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, I, are you concerned at all about Riley Leonard's passing? Not a strength of his. Fifty-eight percent completion percentage last year. Like a questionable footwork. I've heard at times. Does that make you nervous at all? Or are you thinking with the dual skill set, Denbrock opening things up, it, it'll be just fine? It's just something in the back of my mind. Yeah, that is a pretty low completion percentage. But I think Denbrock could do really good. You know, you get him with Denbrock and you get him with um, with the quarterback coach, um, Gadouli. I think we, we should be fine, man. We He should be fine. I mean, I still rather want to see what – you know, instead of them bringing in a quarterback, have the young guys, you know, compete. Because I think Denbrock, Denbrock can, you know, he can, he can pretty much, he can pretty much work with any quarterback he got, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So, but we'll, I think he'll be better up under Den, Denbrock and Gadouli than he would have been up under Parker and Gadouli. I think Gadouli is a, a good QB coach because, I mean, it was times that I seen the stuff on, um, like YouTube or whatever of Notre Dame last year in spring practice and man, by the by the bowl game man, and Jelly looked like a totally different quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it's man, I'm telling you, this is gonna be really interesting. And there's a great <clears throat> this is gonna be a great spring with a lot going on. Um, and so I don't know, man, I'm excited about it. I like the stability. This, this news brings on both sides of the ball. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered this year though. How about this? What about the O-line? Does anybody trust the O-line right now? I don't, I do not trust the O-line at all. How could you? They're going to have new tackles, people moving around I on the we'll inside. Okay on oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And you got to come ready week one. That's the other thing. You got to be ready week one. You ain't playing Navy week one. So they got to be ready. So I'm nervous. I think we'll be more complete on the offensive line. I don't think it'd just be about the tackles. It'd be about the entire offensive line. I think we'll be better on the offensive line this year than we was last year. Man, that would be tough. We'll be more complete. Really? You think breaking in two new tackles, you you think that could be the ceiling? I struggle to think that. I want you to be right. We broke the same thing. We broke them two tackles in. um, I know it was a depleted Oregon State team, but it's still – you play college football, dude, you're an athlete. So you play D1 college football, you're an athlete. So – 
we broke them in against them. They did a great job against Oregon State. So, you know, I, I got tr- I got faith in this offensive line. I think this offensive line will be more complete and better because all the attention went to the tackles last year. The guards was, wasn't was that good last year. Yeah, it's – I hope you're right. And the thing is, there's just – there's no time to get cooked up. You got to be good enough to win week one. That's what makes me a little nervous. And that's what – that's what um, the spring is for, man. But I mean, Jeremy's saying, "Be it, look, Jeremy's saying, being nervous about the O lines, like worrying Dairy Queen running out ice cream." And he always has a good line. Well, where were they when they couldn't run for a yard or do anything against Louisville? Like, or like, I don't understand. The O line was bad in the games where we couldn't do anything. They got no push and got pushed around up front. That's not good enough. Dairy Queen's machine's broken. Because they were bad in those games. Tackles, Not good enough. The tackles did great against Louisville. The offensive tackles did good against Louisville. It's the inside. The, the, well, you had the, a 280. You got a 280-pound guy in the middle getting pushed by a nose that outweighs it by 40 yards. Why is Notre Dame in a position with a 285-pound guy in the middle of their own line? Why? If you're O-line you, if you're O-line you, why do I have a guy on there that's 280 pounds giving up 40 pounds to the opponent? Why? That's not O-line you. Why? Piss me off all year. Why do you have why do you have an undersized guy giving up 40 yards to a nose? That should never be the case in Notre Dame. And you gotta look at how many games Notre Dame played in a row, man. They probably was tired. I'm not making up any excuses, but man, I mean, playing that many games before a bye week is like, is is that that's the highest stupidity of all stupidity. Yeah, it's uh, oh man, I don't know, man. It's it's just <laughs> this Notre Dame thing will yeah, drive I, you I, nuts, I man. This, this, this whole O-line. Notre Dame thing will drive you crazy. I don't know what we're gonna get yeah. next year, but it better be good. That's what I'm gonna say. It better be good. Yeah, the O line, the O line should be better than what it was last year. It should be because I, I mean they did a wonderful, like I said, they did a wonderful job in in the uh, in the bowl game, man. It's, it's, we should be okay. Yeah, they did a really good job. Oh no, I totally credit them. They did a really good job. Unique circumstances against that opponent and all the problems they had. So not the purest evaluation there because they had a lot of problems. I'm just saying, O-line you, and we always have a good one. You were running out a guy that physically couldn't match up against interior defensive linemen by size. It didn't matter what, what he did. He was giving up 30, 40 pounds of muscle to these guys. And I just don't understand how Notre Dame ended up in a position at O-line U to start a guy in the middle of the interior line who's 40 pounds light. That makes no sense. Well, that guy is gone. (laughs) So, man, I'm I'm just wound a little tight. I'm wound a little tight. because up in the spring and hope for the best in the fall. (laughs) We're going to need it. And the, the other thing is, they don't have to be a finished, polished product week one. They just have to be good enough to win and, and then get better each week. Like, I don't expect them to be perfect week one. You just got to be good enough to get that win and then keep developing. That's all. You don't have to be a finished product. I'm not unreasonable. You got to be good enough to win. Check this out, John. We're talking about Texas A&M, who's lost 
over the last three, two to three years, they done lost damn near everything. They are not beating Notre Dame week one. Hope you're right. I, that's a game that I wouldn't. I'm not even worried about. That's the most overrated program in the state of Texas. There you go. I like. They it. are not beat. They're not. They're not Texas. Where if, te- if we was in this position and Texas was in this position, I would be afraid. I would be afraid of Texas. I'm never afraid of a And M. They're overrated. They're overhyped. They ranked every year, and then they turn around to be a disappointing six and six. Yeah, no, hey, you're right. You're hey, you're right. It's just and somebody saying all this fear and respect A and M's getting from this fan base is ridiculous. You gotta acknowledge the moment. Texas A and M is not a great team. They're not gonna be ranked number one. It's about the moment and what it means for Notre Dame being week one being an SEC game on the road. Like, it's all of that. I'm not saying I'm scared of A&M's roster. It's the moment. It's where this all fits in the moment. Yeah. John, calm down, man. They are bottom-of-the-barrel SEC team. It's not like we're going into Alabama. It's not like we're going into LSU. It's not like we're even going into Florida or Georgia. We're going into A&M. We're not playing the top of the line SEC teams. We're all playing A and M of the back. It's not even like we're going into Mizzou. If yeah. we were going into Mizzou, we were going into even Florida or Tennessee. I would be afraid right now. I'll be saying, okay, yes, they they got the talent, and I'm not saying that A and M got the talent. They're breaking in a new coach who did good against what's that, but with a senior led team. He did good against Notre Dame. Yeah, A and M. I I don't see it, man. I I can't see that. No, I can't see A and M beating Notre Dame. I can't imagine that. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. It's just a big, big moment. So I Notre Dame needs to be even prepared. Think the moment is big. I, I do. I don't. I don't even consider this as one of them games that. Oh my God, we this is one. This is the game I've been waiting for. This is not one of them games because, man, be, being from the state of Texas, this is not one. Of, this is the bottom of the barrel SEC team. It's just like another game. It's another game for Notre Dame. They just got to go in and, and they got to go in and take care of business. It's a it's a, it's a business trip. It's yeah. not like that. You got to get overhyped and overexcited to go play A and M. Yeah, I get it, but I don't understand why nobody else is valuing the week one factor of a Notre Dame going into the SEC week one and what that all build up is. That the moment is a big moment. I'm not breaking down their roster. I'm talking about the perception and the practical reality of what this one moment would do for Notre Dame, good or bad. It's a big deal. Notre Dame got to go in and take care of business week one. That's all they got to do. Go You're right. Take care of business. Look, man, that moment is not big. It's A and M. I had them beating Miami last year, week one. They go in there and they get they get totally destroyed by Miami. No, I no, I, I don't see it. I don't I don't see it, man. The moment I think it's just a business trip that Notre Dame going in there to take care of business. 
Whether they win by 10 or they win by 50, it doesn't matter. They took care of business. There you go. Man, I love it. I like I like this. I like the energy. I like the positivity. I hope you're right, man. And we'll get some some little answers this spring here. We'll, we'll check it out in spring ball, see what we look like. Anything else on the way out? Thanks for a call on a Monday, man. Yeah, that was it, man. And I, look, man, I'm I'm not worried about the offensive line this year. Okay. I think as a whole, they're going to be a better offensive line. Beautiful, man. I would love that. That would be great. It would eliminate some of my gray hair. I hope you're right, man. Thank you. All right, John. Have a good one, and I hope to see you at the Blue and Gold tailgate. Two four zero. You're coming up next. You know what time it is. Nose blowing time. I'll be back. I'm not going to make you guys watch that. I'm just not. Oh, man, I'm struggling. It's just a struggle, boss. Holy. Oh, boy. All right. Making an executive decision here to, uh, what are you doing, Mike? Sweaty Mike. We had a Notre Dame uh, Sweaty Mike in here from the Blue and Gold Show, and now we dropped off. I was going to bring you up. You blew it. 240, what's going on? Now you're back when I take another call. Come on, what's up, 240? Hey, John, good to talk to you again. I'm sorry you're feeling down there, but uh, hey, I'm the guy that sometimes checks on your blood pressure. I guess it's a good day to call. I got to check on your other health conditions today. <laughs> you know what? I think it's helping because I'm just kind of out of whack, you know, and strung out on Advil colded sinus. So I feel like I'm I'm all <laughs> over the board here. But I'm fine. The content's king. Content never stops. It's always needed. Um, I, so what do you make of all this? With uh, Is it hey, golden on your mind or the stability? What are you thinking oh, about? Yeah. A&M? Where do we want to go? I'll tell you, the last time I talked to you, we were down in the dumps. I mean, we didn't know what direction to go heading into Wake Forest and Stanford in the bowl game. I think you and I talked about uh, – what to do at quarterback, do we throw in this and that, and then we were worried about the offensive coordinator, and I'm thinking, man, what a difference a couple months have made. I'm very excited heading into next year. Yeah. I like the move. I When we talked a couple months ago, I liked stability. You know, like, you asked me about Parker, and I said, well, look what happened in year two of the Golden System. I knew, I said, we'd have to wait and see what's out there for the OC, and oh my God, Denbrock, I mean, everything, the pieces of this puzzle are to me are falling right into place right now and i'm very excited that's why i was calling to tell you i like guys with the system you know like even like for like the the guys that are already on the team like when you have that stability with uh trying to help the younger guys like that come in there well when you keep getting a new coordinator every year even the veteran guys are learning a system with the younger guys. Now, if you get this stability, I think it's just going to, I think it's just going to snowball effect here and just keep rolling. Yeah. It's stability is, is what I keep coming back to. <clears throat> and I believe it's, it's one of the things that helps a young coach the most when you have those guys you could trust, you know, they're going to be around, you know, they're good at their jobs. It just, it builds stability. Now, 
I agree with the chat. Freeman does not have a get out of jail free card, lose as many games you want, and we like your personality and your hair so everybody's happy. No one's saying that. The pressure should be ramping up on Freeman every day we get further down the road here. It should, and I think it is. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't criticize Freeman or anything like that. I, I like the guy, but I'm not saying he gets a free pass. And and I don't know why people are reacting bad to me liking the stability of these guys. I don't know. I don't know. Nah, I don't get it either. I, I You know, because, hey, let's face it, there's nothing worked for us before. I, I tip my hat to Saban there. I don't know how Alabama did it all in years because I know they – well, they obviously got the cream of the crop, but they 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 juggled with some coordinators, and uh, it's still they didn't lose a beat. But now Freeman, he can, like you say, he can free him up. Look at we're getting the recruits now. I mean, this guy can recruit, and uh, now you got the stability where you don't have to worry about this coordinator leaving, that coordinator leaving, and uh, and and I think Golden is is you know I, that's one of the reasons I like the Golden hire in the beginning because. I always worried everybody wants to improve themselves. So when Golden was already a college coach, he was already in the NFL, and then he came back. So that told right when he got hired, I thought, good. I thought, that, at least this guy might be here a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Provided that it did well. And then now with Denbrock, the same thing there. We got guys at Notre Dame now. I, I, I'm, I'm, Golden seems to be fitting in, but. I think Freeman loves Notre Dame. You, you, you gotta love that university, to like like a Holtz did, and Denbrock loves it. So now you're you you got that coming there, and that's just gonna help with that recruiting trail and uh, that stability. I, I I'm very excited. I even told you I circle years uh, uh, when my last year I had a half circle. I thought, well, if some things could go right. You know, well yeah. we we had the hiccup against Ohio State, and it kind of went the wrong way. But uh, this year, I'm thinking about closing that circle a little more now. I was worried about next year. I thought this would have been the year we would have developed an Angeli or developed a younger quarterback and took our, our, you know, our growing pains. And then I was worried about next year going into Aggieland, uh, dear week one, with a quarterback with no experience. Well, at least now he got a little bit in the ball game. But now you got uh, – you know, you got an experienced quarterback there. And like your last caller, you know, week one, he may, maybe he, he thinks they're bottom tier. Week one is going to be a big game for us next year because you want to get out of the gate. You're going to have that rust. It's not like college. You can play three or four exhibition games and come out and work out some kinks. I'm hoping when we come out sharp enough to get by on the road. The, I don't the, what listen, last second field here's what I don't get. <clears throat> here's what I don't get. Um, Week one games are blown up. Everybody's week one game is blown up into a bigger deal than it actually is. And the reason is everybody all summer and then when camp gets started, you're all looking to the season starting for week one. When you get into the yeah. season, it isn't like that anymore. There's a bigger emphasis on week one because it's what everybody's it's the finish line and the starting line, the finish line of summer and the starting of the of the season. Yeah. And that means yep. more people's watching. The reaction is going to be heavily emotional, positive or negative more than it would be if it was week four or five because it's week one. Now you have the perception. Yep. 
you have the perception, oh, Notre Dame can't compete with the SEC, blah, 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 but we're the big, bad SEC and all this stuff. There's just a lot built into the cake that makes it a big moment for Notre Dame. I am not saying I'm scared that Texas A&M is going to be a top five team having it all put together. It's a mixture of all of those things all going into week one. It's a big moment. Nobody could say it isn't. And another factor, like I called you, I've said before, we didn't travel well last year at all. We never Ooh. played well, well on the road. Oh, out in Navy. Buddy, buddy. And now he, don't do it. You're going to make me pop my anxiety. <laughs> I know. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is, I want, dude, I, you, I spend, I spend I hours, say that. hours. I've spent worrying about this, talking to this about people. And the problem I have is, how do you, this is a tough thing to identify the cause of, right? Like if you yeah. could see some fundamental things you messed up or as a coach, I should have called this or that you could identify it and, and clean it up. But when it's this, how do you clean that up? Is it a mentality? Is it not being <laughs> in the right mindset? Is it physical? Are you doing something with your travel that's making guys not able to be awake and yeah. ready like I, this is a tough problem because I can't identify the exact root causes, but I know this, it's a big deal and it's a trend. It yeah. happened a lot last year. That is not random. That's a trend and I hate it. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to throw that out there, but no, it's the real deal. No, <laughs> you're right on. That's a, I worry about it every day and I go, I don't know what that is. Is it a mindset? Are they scared to go on the road? I just don't get it, but I hate it. Well, I when I talked to you before about this, we talked about this a couple months ago, and I said my solution was you. Get this team ready to go on the road. They need to speak to you before the game. Dream and job. Said, that was your dream job. Dream job. 100%. Dream, dream job. Yeah. Just Notre Dame pump up, man. Like, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I'm not qualified to be a coach. I don't need to be doing – Bonafide <laughs> hype man. Like that is well, it. And I, I think will, you'd be you'd be qualified. You know what I'd do? I'd dress like Lou. I'll be eating grass and I'll be I'll be, you know, uh, putting people down to build them up and building other people up to put them down. I'll know what buttons to press on everybody. Let's go. That's my dream job. <laughs> well, hey, it's great to talk to you, John. It's been a while. I'm gonna get back in the in the loop here. I got sense. Uh, trying to get through to get through to some, some calls, but uh, I don't want to tie up your line. And uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I just, I like the moves. I like the stability. And I think that, that, that goes a long way. I think. Yeah, me too. I think it's a big deal. And I think it's exactly what Freeman needs to, to really allow him to, to grow a lot is, is to have this confidence on each side of the ball. So I like it, man. I think things are trending in the right direction. But I agree. I do. I but I agree. The pressure's cranking up on Freeman, and it should. I don't know why people act like I'm saying that isn't going on. I like what's going on. It gives me confidence, but it doesn't free Freeman up from pressure. There should be more pressure, and there will be, and I support that. I don't know why people think I'm giving you know, Freeman a free pass. There's more pressure this year. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up again because I get so mad sometimes reading them chats or hearing them people. You know, John, we haven't won it in 35 years. 
And then about a year and a half in, guys are saying, get rid of Freeman. I mean, what the heck? I mean, there's a quarterback or a coach now that we can, can recruit. He's doing the right things and getting people around him. And then 35 years we've gone when haven't won a title. And this guy's only been here two years and they're ready to run him out of town. I mean, you've got to give him a chance. And I could see them wanting to run him out of town if you don't see uh, – you know things improving but man look what look what we're seeing happening there i know the results the past two years i mean if you're going by championships no we didn't get the results we got but man it's it's here's the year three thing again let's let's see like he's gonna have growing pains on that job let's face it he didn't have any head coaching experience but man 30 30 some years and then and two, oh, he didn't do it get him get rid of him i mean i don't know what these people are thinking of yeah sometimes Notre Dame fans make me uh uh uh, like I said, I defend that university like my little sister and root for a guy, but I mean, you got to give them a chance. I mean, geez, now, if this year comes and they're mediocre and, and something happens, well, then, then I could, like you say, you could, then you maybe you got to start questioning a little bit, but yeah, for after <clears throat> they were doing it after four or five games in, you know? Yep. So I, I just, um, I don't know, man. I I understand the pressure. I agree with applying yeah. it. It's just, it's just, um, it, both things can be true at the same time. I'm not sure why me saying I love the stability of Golden and Denver, and then people are like, you're letting Freeman off. But no, he's got to get better too. Nobody said Freeman's a finished yeah. product. I've never suggested Freeman's yeah. a finished product, but I do appreciate the effort and the grind that is relentless. So I don't know, man. Hey, yep. thanks for calling on a Monday. I appreciate you. Hey, all right. Hope hope you're feeling better, John. Have Th a good week. Thanks a lot, buddy. I'll be okay. Um, I gotta figure out for the in this season, how do you get one of those like blood blood heart rate monitors or a blood pressure monitor that I can wear like on my wrist and have the numbers showing on the screen on like a meter. I'm genuinely asking who knows how to make this a thing where I wear like a bracelet or something that measures my pulse. And then when I'm and it's just on the screen and there's a meter, that's what I want to get to where it's just on the screen all the time as a meter. And then you guys could see exactly where I'm at on the, the stroke range. Some of you would say I, I rank high on the stroke range already, but you know what I mean? We got a couple chats. Adam with $5. The entire 23 recruiting class was gone without Freeman. Stop with the Freeman 8. Uh, yeah, he's a big reason they uh, they wanted to be there for sure. For sure, Adam. Tom Chris, 248. And good to see you guys again. See you at the Blue and Gold game, hopefully. $20. First live show in a while. Can't wait till spring game. Looking forward to the tailgate. Love the direction the program's headed. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. <clears throat> I need to hire John as my hype man at my next powerlifting. Hey, I'll get you going. Oh, Pat, what's going on? It's called an Apple Watch. Yeah, but can I get it on the yeah. screen? Well... Like you I don't want it. I don't. I don't want it on my. I want it on the a radar on the screen so everybody could see me stroking out. 
like you're saying during a show or during a football game? During a show, whenever I'm live, I want a meter oh, there okay. reading my stress level. I'm sure I'm sure there's something we could figure out. What's going Other on, man? Are you back in America or what? What are you doing? Oh, I I never left America, but I can see Cuba. No, I'm still I'm still in Florida. Um, so two things. The I'm gonna have to come back and do a show because I got a lot more than that, but write it down um, so you don't forget the, it. <laughs> the the recruiting thing, the three star players. Uh, first of all, we, we know with examples of of Keeley and Young that and 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 some other guys, even even the safety that ended up at uh, Oklahoma. The, the, Notre Dame is getting on these kids early. Yeah, evals. getting on these kids early. The staff is doing an incredible amount of effort. They put an incredible amount of effort into identifying the talent before anyone else does. And that is a very drastic change from Notre Dame of old. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about before Brian Kelly. Uh, Kelly Kelly did give him credit. He did say that was always a big thing for him. We have to get to the guys earlier. But that's how that's how Freeman is trying to recruit. It, that's how he's trying to get past his uh, get past the, the right kind of guy thing that Kelly used to do is I got to get them early. I got to get them on campus. I got to get them committed and I got to build them up to make them want to be here. So then when all of that pressure comes down, when everyone else discovers them, when all that pressure comes, they say, no, Notre Dame has been with me the whole way I'm staying at yeah. Notre Dame. And We've I had high profile examples of where it didn't work, but in this most recent recruiting class, I don't, he didn't lose anybody. And he had some guys that came out of nowhere that turned out to be I'm pretty highly rated players. I'm with you. I agree with you on it. And, and I agree Kelly getting a handful of three stars makes me feel differently than this staff getting some three stars because they're yeah. better evaluators. Yeah. Top to bottom in the staff, they are purely better evaluators. Look look what happened. So like like Alabama of old in Georgia, they poll, they'll poll five or six kids on national on 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 the signing day. And they'll go from seven or eight to one overnight because they pull all these kids at the end. Notre Dame has to pull. Notre Dame is getting all the kids now, and they have no room to move. So yeah, they end up they end up drop. Notre Dame ended. I so I, I was looking over this. Notre Dame ended up dropping on this recruiting front, um, but it wasn't because it wasn't because they uh, you know their their players were dropped down. Actually, Notre Dame players went up this time around. Bryce Young became a five star. They, you know, a bunch of players they, they when they got their reevaluations from rivals in two four seven. They went up on their boards, not down on their boards. And but it's just because LSU and Georgia and, and Oklahoma and, and Ohio State, they pulled a whole bunch of kids at the last minute. And you can't this just there's just two different recruiting cycles happening. And Notre Dame doesn't work that way because of a lot of the other restrictions. It still has that Notre Dame still has the economic or not economic. Uh, Notre Dame still has the academic restrictions. And so they just have to recruit differently, but they're showing that they can recruit and get these five-star five defensive linemen. We're talking about a five-star defensive lineman. When is Notre Dame? When is the last time Notre Dame got a five-star defensive lineman? No, you, you can't say you, uh, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz, or, or maybe maybe Brian Kelly's first year when he got the, the Aaron Lynch. That was it. You you you. They don't get that. So this that is huge. That is that is what we've been asking for for Notre Dame to do. And they're doing it. All of a sudden, they're doing it. And he's just doing it in an unorthodox way. But if it works, 
hell yes, I'm down with it. This, these are the pieces we need to close the gap. Yeah. Okay. So this, that's my first part, the recruiting side. People freaking out, oh, this wide receiver sucks. They see something. They are working extremely hard. They are outworking everybody else. This is a recruiting staff, a coaching staff that is recruiting in a, in a manner that no one has seen before. And a perfect example of that is everybody's trying to poach these guys because of the effort that they see them putting into yeah. it. Okay. The road game stuff. And John, you said you thought about this for hours. You asked people, this is a hard thing to diagnose. I'll tell you exactly what the problem is. And I'll tell you this. I believe the problem is fixed. I think the problem was you had a head coach that wasn't clear on what he was doing. It wasn't clear on how best to approach it. And you had an offensive coordinator that had no idea how to call an offensive game plan. And that's different now. Now you've got a defensive coordinator that knows how, to, knows how to call the defense. Because if you look back at those road games, except for the Louisville game, when the defense <laughs> just got worn down because they were on the field the whole time. It's not on them. Yeah. The, yeah. It, it wasn't on the defense. It was yeah. on the offense, not being able to control any sort of football. But now you have an offensive coordinator that knows how to call plays. And so the, the road worries, I tie specifically to the inability of the offense to maintain any sort of possession and score points. And if you start to see that, I, I think all of your road struggles go away. I do. I think they all go away because it was just, true incompetence of a, and, and this is me saying Marcus Freeman as a head coach was incompetent because he clearly was not recognizing the offensive game plan of his from his offensive coordinator being in, in a proper position to set a tone and be effective and, and keep the, keep the defense off the field. And then he wasn't, he wasn't coming back making adjustments when, when there, when it clearly wasn't working during the football game. And that, to me, screamed an inexperienced head coach and offensive coordinator didn't know what he was doing. And now you have an experience, you have a, a very experienced offensive coordinator to take all that pressure off of Marcus Freeman, to allow him to actually pay attention to what's going on in the game and, and, to, and to be the head coach that we need him to be to make the timeout decisions to, and to make sure that there's 11 football, football players on the field when there need to be. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Hey, you know, all the time. I'm with you. Um, I'm, I'm with you and listen, all these changes, Denbrock, golden, all, all this stuff, you know, five-star for Bryce Young, all of this is great. I understand it's got to start resulting in higher level results in the games. Nobody's saying that it doesn't. I'm just saying I appreciate and recognize the way this operation's building the program differently than the last few regimes. And that's that maybe that's my number one takeaway is I truly see this is being put together very, very differently. And that gives me reason for hope different. and optimism. They're putting it together differently. I like it. Here's 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 the point I make to that. And and this should satisfy it won't because the trolls are just gonna troll, the haters are just gonna hate. But if you are in any way genuine about your opinion, both of this this should satisfy you. What is happening at Notre Dame? From the administration, excuse me. What's happening in Notre Dame, from the administration down through the the recruiting with the, and the coaching staff and the way that's being put together, should give you a lot of optimism about this football program. It really should. You should have a lot of optimism. You should you should be confident in the decisions the leaders of the university and the football program and the athletic department are making because they have been all good decisions so far this this off season. That's number one. Number two, it doesn't mean shit unless you win. Yeah. And so you have to go out and you have to beat the shit out of Texas A&M. 
I agree with the call, the, the guy from a couple calls ago who said that Texas A&M is an overrated team. I don't necessarily think they're an overrated team. I think they're a poorly disciplined team. And I think Texas A&M will, have a, will be a better disciplined team. But I think there's been too much change in Texas A&M for, for Mike Elko to put out a team that is good enough to beat this Notre Dame team. I hope you're right. And then and we're off we to the races. I don't then. care if you're in College Station. I don't care if you're in South Bend, Indiana. Notre Dame has one goal, and it's going there to beat the shit out of that team. I like and you it. can't go under. You can't go under saying if we win 27-24 with the last last second field goal and we get out of there, that's good. No, that's not good. This is a statement game. This is this is your coming out party. Everybody's going to be watching, and anything less than utter domination of that team is going to mean that everyone's just going to say, "Well, there was a bad SEC team, and Notre Dame barely beat them." Everyone's gonna, Notre Dame wins that game. Everyone's going to say that's just that's just a bad SEC team. That's all they're going to say, regardless of. Regardless of how Notre, if, if Notre Dame wins, so you beat the shit out of them, and then you say, "Fine, yeah, it was a bad SEC team, and we beat the shit out of them. We'll take on the next level SEC team. Give us the next one." That's the only way you can handle the situation. It's the only way you're going to start to get respect from anybody. You got to start beating the shit out of everybody. You got to you got to hit hard. You got to tackle. You got to hurt the quarterback. I don't mean like hurt them, like break yeah. their ankles, but. But make them make them happy seat in the pocket. That's our make quarterback. We already did that to our own quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that to our own quarterback. Now. Uh, but this this is we have to we have to be a team that gets after it. We have to not be afraid of who we're playing. We have to not be afraid of the lights. Big game. Brian is gone. Not this has to be a team that is just ready to go and ready to fire. Because honest, all of this stuff, all the stuff that we're talking about that we're happy about, it means jack shit. Yeah. If you don't win. Yep. You're here's right. My, here's my thing. I'm I'm all in for Brian or, or I'm all in for Marcus Freeman. I am. I am all in on Marcus Freeman. I love what is happening right now. If he doesn't and I he can lose a game. I could lose losing a game doesn't eliminate you from the playoffs. This is your third year at Notre Dame. You're the head football coach in Notre Dame. If you don't do it in three years, you're not gonna do it. I am all in on Marcus Freeman, but you gotta win a national championship this year. This is me saying it. Oh he's gotta win a national championship. Wow. He's got to win. He's going to start to lose me. He's going to start to lose me if he cannot put a chance. And I'm not saying Notre Dame has to be the best team in the country right now. It doesn't. And Notre Dame doesn't have to be the best team in the country in the national championship game. As Lou Holtz always said, you don't have to be the best team. You just have to be the best team that day, in that day. Yeah. In that stadium. That's it. That's it. And that's all, that's all college football is. We have seen plenty of teams win titles that you, if you were like, well, man, if they played this team, though, they wouldn't have. You know, a lot of Michigan. It, there's you you just need to beat the team in front of you and then you worry about the rest of it later yeah yep nope oh man it's gonna be this is a big year for notre dame for the freeman era for all of it this is going to be a big year pat uh all right go go out to the beach pat get off the phone with me and go get oh, some it, sun it buddy the weather's terrible down here it's it's raining oh yeah i forgot my parents my mom was flying to florida yesterday it was raining all day i think she was delayed all day the whole yeah. state was in green wasn't it the whole state looked green yeah the, everything everything yeah. it was bad and I, I man I, the weather came through again last night i thought it was gonna be a freaking hurricane it was the wind was blowing so hard jeez uh, Pat, thanks for calling on vacation. I appreciate it, buddy. Yep. Later, bro. Have Bye. a good one. I can't believe Pat said Freeman needs to win a championship one more time. You know what's going on. I'll be back. And I got one more call struggling. You guys, I'm a hurting. That's why I don't have as much patience for some of the silliness today. Not in the right mood. Not the right mood.
Oh boy. Oh man. What did I have here? I was gonna go over. I'm gonna respond to this, Andrew. I have to. We're talking about effort. We are really grasping for compliments. Every top 15 program is giving tons of effort. Specifically, I mean, I never slept soundly any time Notre Dame was under Brian Kelly from the time that I started hearing behind the scenes, John, lazy recruiter, not trying, not even competitive. $10, see, I believe the tickets are $10 online. I literally, from for years, never had any comfort with this because everyone I trusted told me, Kelly's not even trying. The jet is in the hangar. Uh, getting in on these quarterbacks way too late, like not requiring the staff to be dogs on the field, not getting along with people in Notre Dame, not playing nice, not wanting to do the extra stuff. That bothers me. That bothers me. With how much I care about Notre Dame football, it's very important to me that at the end of the night, when I lay my little Irish head down on the pillow, It is of utmost importance to me that I feel like we may not be the champions or be where we need to be right now, but at least I know the guy's doing all he can, in my opinion, to try and get us there. I'm not saying Freeman's over the hump or accomplished any, whatever. I'm just saying I respect the effort in a way where I was offended by the effort level by Kelly. Everyone I trusted behind the scenes told me, John, get over it. This is not going to change. There's low, it's just low effort stuff. Kelly wants to come in and be the closer at the end with all these guys and they're not buying it. And it never changed. And you got a repeated result, a glass ceiling you could not get over. That's what I mean by the effort. So yes, I am talking effort. It matters to me. It matters to me. And I could not ask for Freeman and his staff to put in more effort. Effort's not the problem. Before when Notre Dame wouldn't get things done, a part of it's whatever happened in the game, but a part of it was me wondering, would this be the case if we put in full effort on the recruiting trail? Now at least I know I'm getting full effort out of out of the operation. Um... And that matters to me. Ultimately, the results have to be different. I agree. But that effort does matter to me. And knowing for a fact Kelly got lazy and checked out offended me. It offended me. And so, you know, I don't know. Whatever. It's just, it's frustrating. So, Freeman's not a finished product, but he's working his butt off. And everybody on that staff's working their butts off. I can at least respect that. If Freeman never gets over the hump, never wins anything, like elite, never wins a title, whatever it is, and then he moves on or goes to Ohio State, whatever happens, 
I will not feel the same about Freeman's failure I did Kelly's failure. Because one guy tried as hard as he could and treats people the right way. The other guy was lazy and treated everybody like crap. So if you ended up with the same result Kelly got from Freeman, I'm not looking at them the same. Because at least one guy put in full effort and couldn't get it done. And the other guy didn't put in full effort and made all the money and then said RKGs and then left. left. The effort does matter to me. I feel so much better just knowing when I'm driving around town or I'm doing this or I'm doing that, knowing that I have this back level comfort that my head coach is working today, not on his backswing, not on his short game, not on the new wedge he bought, trying to find talent. So ultimately, most people are going to judge it by the results, which is fair. And, and you, that's the ultimate dictator of all this is the re- results on the paper. But the effort matters a lot to me. And it, for as much as Notre Dame affects my emotion and well-being, to have a guy in charge that I knew for a fact was checked out, not trying, and didn't even like the fan base and was annoyed by them, That was very, very uncomfortable for me to be that connected to this where it's that emotional for me. And the guy running the whole thing isn't even trying that hard. Rub me the wrong way. Rub me the wrong way. Oh, I know. Maybe, uh, (laughs) never mind. It's just the effort matters. Um, And listen, with the recruiting, I'm, I'm with you. I see both sides of this. I see three-star wide receiver, and I'm like, oh, man, are we RKG in this one or what? I see the way they've evaluated other guys, and, and it makes me reserve negative judgment on a three-star because I do see that their evaluations have been really good. And I like that. So that's progress. I don't know. All right. I got to go take some more cold medicine. I feel like, I don't feel like I was myself today all over. I'm just out of sorts um, on a bunch of medication and whatever. I feel bad. Uh, But thank you everybody for being here. Good callers on a Monday, a little bit of action. Uh, Thank you for the super chats. Tom, Chris, Adam, both of them I'm going to see at the tailgate. V1 rotate. Sorry, I'm late traveling to NC for six weeks. Tariel land. Hopefully see Mac Brown on the golf course. Thanks for the $5 holler there. V1 rotate. And of course, Rodney as well. Thank all of you guys. I really appreciate it. And um, we'll have something for you tonight. I got an interesting article uh, coming up. And then I'll have an episode tomorrow. It's going to be fun. We'll have a good week. See what we got cooking with Goolsby. Uh, But good news for Notre Dame over the weekend. Notre Dame's competing window starting to crack open. Mark drinks some Pepto. It fixes everything. No, it doesn't. The problem with the... Mark, here we go. Mark, you're always the one. Here we go. Here's the problem with the Pepto. By the time you need Pepto... You still got an immediate problem. Are you following me? 
when I'm out in public or something, or I'm in an airport, or I'm on a plane or whatever, oh no, I got the squirts. By the time you chug that Pepto, it is not going to work quick enough to avoid you crapping your pants in that moment. You follow me? You 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 down all that in an emergency, but you're still in the emergency. And then what happens is it clogs you up later. But it's never sub. What's the other the the pill? What's the pill for that? What's the pill? Oh, there's another medicine that's like a pill or something you take for that problem. Uh, Emodium, Emodium AD. By the time that pill starts to register, I'm like, I'm like, dumb and dumber over there on the toilet. Oh, bro, like, it's too late. That's the issue. It's like, bro, here you go. Eat this. I, ooh, it doesn't kick in fast enough. I'm like the dumb and dumber guy before his date. Oh, that's the problem. So I'm a big Pepto guy traditionally. I used to like the tabs that would melt in your mouth. The problem is uh, it, it, it's not quick enough. Dr. John, wash the Pepto down with Patron. You're golden. Uh, There you go. Oh, what a blend. Anyways, that's my issue with the Pepto. By the time it kicks in, I'm out of the emergency zone. So when you have upset stomach, diarrhea, or you're waiting for a Notre Dame game, I get all that stuff. When you have upset stomach, diarrhea, and or you're just nervous for the Notre Dame game to start. You were talking about emodium. Yeah, I, by the time that pill kicks in, uh, you know, what do I have to do? Poop my pants in public? Not immediate enough for me. Not immediate. Mark, if you're still watching, I know you're going to do something with this clip to end the show. God bless you all. We're going to end on that one. Have a good Monday. This is off the rails. Adult diapers. (laughs) Goodbye. This is over. See ya.